This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. And I'm Melissa Moretti. And Melissa, on the show today, we have one of those industry good guys. We have Dan Smith joining us today from Reliance Properties. Sounds and like a good guy. He's a great guy. Like I said, he's one of those guys that's been in the industry. He was started in the brokerage industry. He's worked his way now. He works in-house for a developer that also has a very large office portfolio in Vancouver, which we're going to dig right into, okay. but just an all around like good guy. Like, you know, those people you meet where you're like, yeah. I really want to go for a beer with that guy. That is Dan. Just a good vibe guy. That's Dan. Dan's so we have Dan on today. We're going to dig into what is the future potentially look like of Vancouver office? What is important to tenants? And surprisingly, the portfolio that he manages and oversees, a lot of people think the vacancy rates are really high. He's going to debunk that in what he does. Okay. He's got a great portfolio he oversees for Reliance. I want to hear it. That these guys, all that stuff. So it's tremendous to have on Dan. But Melissa, I wanted to ask you, so we're anticipating, hopefully we're getting another rate hold here. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot of uptick in the commercial side of things, prepping okay. for 2024. Yeah. What's happening on your side? Are you, are you, is there, is there that buzz in the air that we're feeling that people are kind of like, they're waiting to 2024, but people are getting ready to go? Yeah. I think you're, you're hearing a little bit of a buzz, but you're not seeing the action of the buzz. The buzz is floating around. Definitely not too much happening. I think a lot of people are getting ready for Christmas. Do you feel that it's coming next year? Like, are people talking? Like yeah. in, in commercial, we've seen yeah. a massive uptick mid-October-ish, which I think just goes to the talk about the stabilization of rates is what we've kind of been preaching, where a lot of people, I think, are just looking for what's next and where are things going before they kind of jump back in. Yeah. But we're feeling a lot of buzz around 2024. Yeah. So are you guys seeing that on residential where people are talking about listing? People are talking about getting ready to buy? Yeah. There's there's always a little bit of a buzz. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think the spring could potentially be a busy market. So it's going to be a good one. I hope so. So if you have a house and you need to list it, they're calling you. Or if you want to buy, call me right now. There you go. Even better. That's right. Without further delay, let's get to our interview today with Dan Smith of Reliance Properties. All right. Let's go. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Alan, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. All right, we're here today with Dan Smith, Director of Leasing for Reliance Properties here in Vancouver. Dan, how are you doing? Doing fantastic, thank you. Well, thanks for joining us, Dan. Can you maybe let our listeners know a little bit more about yourself and how you ended up at Reliance? 
Absolutely. Yep. Yep. For sure. Uh, I've worked in commercial real estate for a decade and a half. I uh, started my, uh, my tenure in the industry at Avis and Young, um, as a broker working, uh, primarily in the office, uh, sector asset class, but I also got a lot of great exposure to industrial and, and a little bit of retail and investment as well. So a very, uh, all encompassing, uh, educational experience where I was, uh, working there for about a decade. And then I, I think I timed it really well because I left uh, Avison, which is a fantastic company, but I was looking for a little professional uh, sabbatical. And uh, I timed it right before COVID. And I went over to the Vancouver Fraser Port Authority, which is an incredible organization. And my depth of experience and the exposure I got to so many different things as it relates not only to commercial real estate, but also to kind of you know, some of the economic drivers behind it from a logistical standpoint and a trade pers- per, uh, standpoint. And then, of course, you know, having exposure and touches with, you know, uh, environmental concerns or regulatory First Nations, uh, Indigenous, uh, there was just uh, a huge depth of experience. So I, I had two and a half years there in my time was uh, just a massive learning experience every day, which I really loved. And then uh, about a year and a half ago, Reliance approached me and, and uh, I came over as a senior leasing manager and I've since ascended uh, to be the director of leasing and I get a, a lot of great opportunity to kind of be a bit more than that just because of the nimble size of, of Reliance. You know, we're uh, quite a big company and we punch above our weight. And um, as a result of that, I get to uh, kind of, you know, work and, and function, kind of run in, in some respects, uh, a, a lot of our co- commercial portfolio. So it's another fantastic learning experience. And I tell you, every day I'm challenged and inspired uh, in a very positive way. So now, now, Dan, for our listeners, John's been on our sister podcast there, the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. Uh, for our okay. listeners over here, can you maybe let us know a little bit more about Reliance? Reliance is a huge company that I think, I, don't, I wouldn't want to say sneaky, but they own, you guys yeah. own a lot of property. Uh, yeah. Can you maybe tell us a little bit more about Reliance, maybe the both yeah. both halves of the business? For sure, for sure. You know, I I, I learn more about Reliance every day. But uh, you know, sneaky, you know, kind of maybe under the radar. You know, we're kind of quietly uh, and very humbly, you know, a relatively large player in the Vancouver market and of course the Victoria market as well. It's privately owned, and um, I think it's been around for you know around sixty years. And Reliance has done a really good job, I think, of you know taking buildings and repurposing them or upcycling them by, you know, adding uh, improvements and amenities and infrastructure to them and kind of bringing them forward into the 21st century. And um, as a result, we've, you know, acquired or accumulated uh, a large commercial and residential portfolio. We are absolutely, you know, an asset manager slash landlord, but at the same time, we're also you know, uh, an acquirer and a developer and some of our, our new builds and our projects that we do either for ourselves or with partners is a very exciting facet of our business. So we will build purpose-built rental. We will build for, for residential. We'll build purpose-built commercial office space and retail space for lease. And we'll also build residential uh, strata projects where we'll we'll sell off the, the units. So we do a lot of things and... Um, you know, but we also do really stick to that kind of that res and that office. Those are really our core, our core businesses. So we were out for lunch a couple of weeks back and we're talking just generally about like the office market out there. And we're talking about some of the exciting projects you guys have on the go and coming up. And, and I was really surprised to hear about like just how great 
the Reliance portfolio is, how occupied the Reliance portfolio is. And we wanted to bring you on because I think right now a lot of people think the office market is is all but dead. And we will definitely preface this with it's definitely more challenged now than it ever has been. But also Vancouver was just a very unhealthy office market pre-pandemic for tenants because the vacancy rate, depending on what report you read, I think was the lowest in North America for office. And we're not typically a head office city. And so much of our land downtown has been absorbed by residential developments versus a lot of downtown cores or office that when we had, we were talking there on lunch, I was just, I was blown away in a very good way to hear how great the portfolio was. And I'm like, we got to talk about this out there. Cause this is, this is, I think the opposite to what people think is going on. So can maybe, obviously we don't have to get into the detailed numbers or anything like that, but maybe tell us a little bit more about the Reliance office portfolio, maybe downtown Vancouver asset class you're in, the types of buildings that you're in and what, why has it been, your occupancy rate is phenomenal. Why, what, what's led to that success? Yeah, I mean, that is, that, that's a, you've made some fantastic points and there is a, a lot for us to discuss, you know, in that question, you know, from a, from kind of a broader market perspective that, that you touched on, you know, Vancouver is not typically a head office city, but at the same time, you know, we've had a lot of success through growing, you know, some of our, um, from some of our industries, in particular, the tech industry, you know, there's a lot of organic technology companies that have grown and, and taken up space here in Vancouver. I mean, just to pull back and, and to look at the downtown Vancouver office market, and like you said, for, for many years, I think the city prioritized residential developments, and there was a lack of office tower projects um, that you know kind of led to a supply uh, constrained environment, you know, as natural demand across all sectors, but also kind of emerging sectors such as technology. Um, came to uh, you know came to the forefront. So Vancouver really did experience um, a compression of the availability and the vacancy rate to a very unhealthy point. And if you look at some you know nearby um, markets, you know or markets across North America or the world, and you compare the number of square feet of office space per capita, I, I believe Vancouver is quite low. Given the population base here, if you look at Calgary, I mean, Calgary, I, I think it's somewhere around 42 million square feet yeah. of, of office downtown, whereas, you know, Vancouver is, you know, a, a bigger city in terms of population and, and perhaps diversity of, of industries. Um, and and we have, you know, at, at, by, at, at sometimes, you know, 24, 20, 27 million square feet. I think right now we're somewhere around 27 or 29 million square feet, you know, depending on, on how, you, how you measure that, if it's delivered today or if it's uh, in development. But, you know, COVID and the pandemic and this shift to work from home has really changed, you know, what's happening across the world in terms of, of, of office space. So it's kind of good that our city, you know, is maybe experiencing a bit of a reset. I think Vancouver is, is doing the best comparatively compared to other cities across North America. And, you know, a lot of that, uh, you know, has to do with the simple fact that it's a relatively small uh, office inventory. But at the same time, you know, maybe there are a lot of great real estate mines and great real estate companies located here in Vancouver. It seems like there's a lot of awesome companies uh, based here um, and that, you know, are taking innovative approaches to, you know, facilitating that, um, you know, that office experience and that return to work in the office place. And, and that's really what, you know, I, I, a lot of companies, I think, and, and, and landlords are, are having to do and trying to do is to entice workers in the labor force back into the offices by 
creating a very positive office experience. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you have a huge commute, you know, it's, it's a tougher sell. But if you're working out of your condo, if you're a young person, if you're by yourself, you might really enjoy going to the office for that social side, that mentorship, that collaboration that goes with physically being around your peers. Yeah, no, I'd agree with you. No, I think, I think I'm a big, I mean, I'm a big collaboration guy within our company and I, to see the work environments when people are collaborating in person, sharing ideas and what comes of that, I think is unprecedented. That can't be, can't be said for the same if you're doing it through computers. So I yeah, think, I think, you know, sure. obviously the office market is challenged right now, but I think, I think ultimately in the, the day where people were creatures of habit and over time, as the absorption rate picks up, I do th- feel very bullish down the road, just due to the lack of office space we have in the city, as you mentioned, per capita versus a, a place like Calgary, that we will get back to a more balanced type office market. Maybe not as unhealthy as it was before, but more a balanced office market. One thing I think too, that I think a lot of people think office building, they think tall size skyscraper, all glass facade. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the Reliance portfolio and maybe the, maybe the class of office that you fall into? Because I think that's really, really key, I think, to, to obviously mm-hmm. how successful you guys are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, you, and you raised this uh, in your previous question. I'm, I'm sorry, I kind of rambled on there and didn't get no, to it. No, it's okay. It, I but, asked uh, you six questions in one, so don't worry. Reliance, you know, has uh, a very diverse portfolio and a, and a lot of our, you know, existing properties, you know, could be classified as as C or B or, you know, I like to call them, you know, A minuses in a lot of places. You know, we have some fantastic locations and we are uh, and have been, this is, you know, over over many years have been adding amenities to to our buildings to, you know, make them competitive with the office market landscape, but also, you know, to add to that experience for the labor force and for the tenants. So they actually, you know, can go to the building they can work out at lunch or after work. They can, you know, have a shower. They can ride their bike in. They can lock their bike up and and, and feel safe about it uh, in a secure bike storage uh, facility. So, you know, our portfolio is is B and C class, and you know, a lot of our value proposition has been being able to deliver very premium space in building uh, the actual suites themselves at a very competitive pricing. And then our actual management of the buildings, you know, our, uh, our our CAM and our additional rent, we've done a very good job of staying lean, mean, and keeping those rates very low. And if you know, there's a couple of real estate companies that do analysis of this, and Reliance always has a lot of the buildings that are the most affordable on a per square foot basis based on the additional rent. And that's you know one of our our value propositions is that you know we can deliver excellent space but at very competitive prices and very affordable prices. So it has allowed us to, to keep a very low vacancy rate in our portfolio. And, you know, it's a bit higher than I would like, but I think it always will be <laughs> no matter what the number is. So, you know, our success has been that we're delivering great space at great prices. Well, I think that's kind of the key. And I know we, we whether it's class B or class C, you know, these are, a lot, you have a lot of great like character buildings in good locations. And I think there's always going to be an office market for that class B type value-driven office tenant. When I say value-driven, I don't mean like they're like on a budget and they're trying to like scam. I mean like they maybe don't want to pay 50 bucks a foot plus 25 and triple net cost to be in a glass facade building with gyms and you mean by, you know, all these fancy amenities. 
they might want to have an office in a great location that's easily accessible at a fair price for it. Mm-hmm. It also allows companies to expand. Within your portfolio, do you guys find you have a lot of companies that are kind of, I don't want to say maybe in the starting point of their of the company's career, and then they're expanding within your portfolio? Is that a good way to describe a lot of the tents entering the portfolio? Yeah, you know, I think our average tenant size comparatively to to other you know major landlords in this market, our average tenant size is is probably uh, on the smaller size, and that allows us to you know have a lot of a lot of churn, a lot of turnover, and to be able to work with tenants that you know if they are in that startup phase, they can grow within our portfolio and they can move around, and we do a lot of shuffling. We have a couple of buildings, you know, some C class buildings that. Uh, have some very small suites, and we call them kind of our incubator buildings. And there's uh, an unbelievable track record, you know, over the last you know 20 years that I've kind of been watching, and perhaps longer, where you know we will work with these startup businesses in you know a couple of these specific buildings with smaller suites, and then we will you know grow them within our portfolio and nearby buildings, you know, as as they have higher headcounts and need more physical space, so. Uh, I think we've been very successful in doing that, you know, starting with the incubator startup phase and then moving through and all the way through to, you know, mature companies that are that are taking full floors. And we have many tenants that have full floors in our portfolio and a lot of them have been with us for quite a while. Well, I think that's one thing that's key. And I, I mean, you probably know the office leasing market better than I do because you specialized that when you were at your time in the brokerage industry. But a lot of the buildings that our company has done over the years that you've seen very low vacancy rates or been very successful at have a smaller suite footprint versus these you know, newer buildings, which they obviously tried from a cost perspective. That's understandable. They try for the full floor, half floor, quarter floor tenants versus some of these older character buildings you find you know, 800 square feet, 1600 square feet. And it gives the tenants the ability to enter the office market as a maybe a newer business, but then gives them the ability to expand. I, I would, I t- the point I'm trying to make here, that I agree with you, with regards to like the smaller suite mix, I think is, is really key to the office success market right now versus some of these newer products that are coming out that are trying to get, you know, 8,000, 10,000 square foot floor plate tenants is definitely going to be a struggle, I think, for the foreseeable future as the shift in the office market continues. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you know, if, if you're doing a new build, a new development, you know, you are absolutely, you know, whale hunting. You're looking for those multi-floor tenants, anchor tenants that will you know, take up a big chunk of your building. You know, for us, we recently got back a, a couple of floors at various different times, you know, in, in one of our buildings and there were full floor tenants that were departing. And this is dating back a couple of years, but we actually took those floors and, you know, built four suites yeah, instead of go. one. And we found a lot of success in, you know, kind of targeting the demand in the marketplace in in that kind of you know, one to two to 3,000 square foot range rather than trying to hunt for the eight to 12,000 foot tenants. Yeah, I think that's key. And and I think obviously from there's a cost that goes along with it. But I think if you kind of pencil out the long term on that cost, it's worth every investment, every every investment right now to do this versus sitting on that vacancy. Because vacancy rates, vacant space is very expensive. If you're carrying yeah. a mortgage that may not be the best mortgage right now, and then you've got op costs you got to cover. Property taxes aren't coming down. Insurances aren't coming down. A lot of people forget how expensive vacant space is. So I think yeah. it's a smart, smart concept to demise these smaller, larger spaces into smaller spaces because you're typically, I guess traditionally, you'll get a better price per foot for smaller as well. But that's money that you're going to be dumping into a big tenant anyways after you find them two years down the road. And that two-year yeah. vacancy is very expensive. 
Dan, one thing I also yeah. wanted to talk, touch base on, you guys obviously have a, a portfolio of properties also in Victoria as well yeah. outside of like the lower mainland here in the greater Vancouver area. We obviously are very bullish on Victoria. We talk about it a lot on the show. I'd be interested to get your take between the Vancouver and the Victoria markets, maybe looking at from Reliance's standpoint, where do you see, what, what are your thoughts, Victoria versus Vancouver, maybe in the office sector and within your portfolio? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a fantastic question. And I will state that I must admit, truthfully, I'm much more familiar with the Vancouver market than the Victoria market. And that's simply a function of you know where I've spent my career yeah, and also sure. my, my physical location. But we love Victoria. You know, we think it's a, a great city and a great opportunity uh, for, for for people to live and to people to work. You know, it offers a lifestyle, and um, you know, it's it's you know it's incomparable to to, to most places on the planet. Uh, so Victoria is gorgeous and beautiful, and it uh, it makes people want to be there. And if you ever go and visit, you know, f- for the weekend, you know, you're probably thinking, hey, you know, I can't wait to get back here. At least that's yeah. how I feel every time I go over. So, uh, you know, we feel quite. Quite bullish in the Victoria market. You know, we we have a lot of active developments over there. We have some very extremely well positioned lo- location wise projects and properties. So a lot of our portfolio is very strong over there. So um, we love Victoria. We're very excited. I must admit, though, I do know Vancouver a lot better. Yeah, no, I think I think your your point of going to Victoria and then leaving and be like, I can't wait to go back. I think is very very true. I think a lot of people experience that. I think a lot of companies obviously are looking at it. and with this new. I mean, people obviously have repositioned maybe where they live because of COVID and the, the emphasis on livability and the island's been a big recipient of that. That yeah. I know one thing that our office team or our, our our William Wright office over there, you mean the vacancy rate in a lot of the buildings they go after is a lot lower than I think a lot of people think. And I think it's just a combination of not a very big market size of product to pick from with a rapidly growing population. One thing, Dan, I, I'd, I'd love to pick your brain on. You guys are obviously are probably seeing the pick of the litter when it comes to a lot of the deals, just with the size that Reliance is. Are you guys seeing an increase of deal flow coming to you, maybe because other companies aren't as well positioned financially as Reliance is, where opportunities are presenting themselves now that maybe you didn't see two years ago, and that could be a function of the market or interest rates? Yeah, that's a really that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, I think that you know we we get a lot of deal flow that comes our way. For a variety of reasons, but I, you know, it's really, you know, I, I, I think truly it's our value proposition, yeah. which is that we can deliver, you know, very high quality physical space, you know, on time. We do a lot of stuff kind of on spec, you know, because they're, they're often smaller suites, you know, we're not having to build out a full floor. So if we do, you know, a quarter of a floor, you know, renovate a suite and bring it up to the 21st century. You know, we've had a lot of success with kind of that just in time because it seems like increasingly uh, the office demand is, and this is maybe a function of society in general. It's kind of like now, 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 you know, I can't wait nine months. You know, I need something in three months. And, you know, we're already swinging hammers in space. So oftentimes we find that that's been a differentiator for us. Of course, you know, I I mentioned value, you know, like uh, dollar for dollar, what you're getting, you know, it's hard to compete against reliance on value. I think I think our value is incredible. And I think the market likes agrees with me on that agrees with us. And also just the how nimble our team is, you know, we don't have many, you know, deep layers of having to review and, and go through approvals, you know, there's there's no executives sitting in different time zones. Or different, you know, different cities or countries that we have to get approval from. I mean, everyone's here in the office. 
you know, I can see all of the senior decision makers, you know, if it, if it falls beyond, you know, my scope of authority. Yeah. And then we have a, we have a great team on the ground here. I mean, we all have eight pairs of shoes in our offices because we go through shoes like, like crazy because we're out beating the pavement, you know, doing showings and going to buildings and we can react very fast. And that's yeah. a function of physically touring, but also, you know, how we do deals. We're, we're lean and mean. We're fast. So I'd agree with you on that. You guys seem like it's a very productive environment you operate within. Is it, I can't yeah. say that for all the companies we deal with. You know, you've been in this industry for a long time, as you mentioned. You've been on the brokerage side. You've worked for you know government organizations. Now you're working in house for a large asset company that also develops. What does 2024 look like in in commercial real estate in Vancouver? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, on an asset class by asset class basis. I mean, you know, I don't know a lot about the land side of things, but I think that that's probably going to be a little bit tricky for a yeah, lot of people, I agree. Uh, given, given the underwriting and the performance of what, you know, land values need to be given the market versus what vendor expectations are. But, you know, industrial, there's, there, there's quite a bit of development, which is maybe adding a little bit of relief because industrial has been so supply constrained with yeah. relatively large demand. And, and that's a function of Vancouver's geography with, you know, ocean mountains and border kind of paying us, you know, in, you know, retail is, is its own beast, but I think well-positioned retail will, will always do well. And then, you know, just if we can pivot to, uh, to my favorite asset class, which of course is office 2024, I think is going to be, I think we're going to, we're, I think, you know, we're, we're, if we turn the corner, I think, I think we're turning the corner. I think a lot of employers are, you know, wanting their staff in. And then, you know, if people have worked from home for two or three years, you know, you may have a hard time demanding them to come back in. But I think if you're doing new hires, I think a lot of companies are going to say, look, this is not a remote job. There may be an opportunity, but there is an expectation that, you know, when management, you know, your direct manager or or above, you know, says we want you in five days a week, you know, that I think that the labor market is going to be I think it's it's shifting a bit, and I think that employers are going to want people in the office. So I think that the office sector is going to stabilize. Yeah. You know, if if we're at ten or eleven or twelve percent vacant in Vancouver, which is you know a bit of a tenant favoring, but but relatively balanced market, I think that we'll probably uh, see a stabilization of that, and uh, then maybe even a, a return to single digit vacancy, and that might not be till till 2025 but i think 2024 will um i think we'll see the light at the end of the tunnel and i think that we'll start getting back to um a very robust office market with good deal volume and um you know and people excited to to take on great space and to be back in the office because you know we could you could bring your lunch from home every day if you wanted to eat by yourself but if you know, the reason that restaurants are busy is because people like being around other people. You know, we're a social social creature, humans. So yeah. I think the office is an extension of that. We're going to see uh, an uptick in uh, in demand in the office market 2024, 2025. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to second that because I, I think I'm a big believer in, in having people back in the office collaborating and stuff like that. And I think a lot of employers are going to look at that when it comes to retention, that you're going to want people in the office to kind of collaborate and grow. And I think to your point, we're not a head office city. So I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. second all your, uh, all your predictions, Dan, but before we let you go there, we got a six pack of lighthearted questions. We ask all of our guests, so we get to know you a little bit better outside of the office. Can we get you to hang around just a couple more minutes? Yeah. I'd love, I'm having a great time. So thank you. 
The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. Excellent. Thanks, Dan. First question up, Melissa. All right. Favorite vacation spot? Oh, that is such a great question. You know, I am a, I think I'm a a water and a sunshine guy. So, you know, going somewhere like Hawaii or uh, I was very fortunate. I lived in Australia and uh, on a sailboat in the Great Barrier Reef in my early 20s. Wow. uh, Yeah. So that'll be a different podcast. I'm like, that's going to be the follow-up. We're going to have you back. (laughs) We're not going to ask you anything how your portfolio is doing. Tell us all about the the black tip reef sharks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've I've swam with them. I've snorkeled with them. They're incredible creatures. So I think anywhere where there's sunshine and sand and water and um, a little bit of adventure, you know, whether we're, you know, snorkeling or or sailing or or surfing or whatever, I think that's my favorite vacation. Excellent. Excellent. So, well, I'm going to second that. I, I like the I like the Hawaii there. I'm going to go with you on that yeah. one. So, Dan, you, you've unfortunately made some mistakes in your life. You found yourself on death row, and you're given one last meal before it's all said and done. What meal are you having? Uh, I'm going to have. Uh, I think. Uh, I hope I don't uh, offend anybody, but I really do truly love grade A steak, and I think I'm going to have uh, a Chicago style New York, you know, done by the keg or highs or Gotham, something like that. You know, someone mm-hmm. that really knows what they're doing as much as I love the accompaniments. If it was just the steak, I'd probably be okay with that. But mm. if there was twice baked potato, I could, I'd be happy with that as well. I'm not, I'm not hoping you get in trouble, but I want to come join yeah. you for that. Yeah. We will <laughs> go on vacation we'll, first. We'll then we'll come in trouble. We'll go, we'll go on vacation first. Then we'll come back. Then we'll go for your dinner. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I should, I'll have you over for dinner one night. Cause Deal. I can, Deal. I can operate a barbecue pretty well. All right. That sounds like a deal to me. Uh, I'm not invited, but I'm coming. There you go. Yeah. Melissa's, Melissa's <laughs> coming too. Good. Tell, the wife, we're, tell the wife we're all invited. coming over. <laughs> all right. Next question. Favorite band or musician? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I am absolutely a music head. I love all genres all across the board. Uh, I recently had the great opportunity. I went with some, uh, some great friends. We went and saw Nas and Wu-Tang together at uh, Rogers Arena. Yes. On Monday, October 16th. Amazing. And, you know, I think I like, yeah, it was really cool. It was really well done. So I think, um, I mean, I'm just going to say, I think, um, you know, probably Nas is my favorite. You know, he's he's amazing. He's timeless. He's got albums dating to the early 90s. And he, I think he's released like five albums in the last two or three years that are good and that are listenable, you know, and that are, that are engaging to the modern, you know, the modern me. So yeah. um, Nas. Well, you know, what's funny is, is a lot of guests that we have, rap music, especially 90s rap, yeah. is a big common thread between a lot of people in commercial real estate, it feels like. Because we ask people, favorite band, we've had Mob Deep, we've had Tupac. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've had, we've had 90s rap. If yeah. you want to be successful in commercial real estate, you got to be a 90s rap fan. That's what we're kind of drawing the conclusion for. All right, 100%. Dan, next question up. You know, you've had a couple of drinks with your buddies. You're at, you find yourself at a karaoke bar. What song are you singing or rapping? Yeah, <laughs> that's a bit. It's a loaded I, question there. Yeah, I'm a little bit shy, so I, I have to pick something that I know. Okay, you know, probably like probably off the top of my head, there's something you can belt. Um, from Arcade Fire would be pretty fun. Oh, you know, like I don't know, go. everything now maybe or uh, 
I don't know, something like that, or maybe the Killers. You know, there's a couple killers, of great yeah, songs. Yeah, 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 Mr. Brightside. You could, just, yeah, Mr. Brightside. You can just get up there and just like you know, let your lungs, you know, open right up. So I, I think that's what I'm probably doing. I like it. Sounds good to yeah. me. All right, yeah. next question. What's one book you recommend our listeners read? Uh, I couldn't recommend one. I mean, there's a million great books. Nonfiction, uh, you know, Atomic Habits is a fantastic book. Great book. Great mm-hmm. book. Yeah, great book. Kind of a, a fiction based. You know, I, I picked up The Alchemist once in a, in a social setting, mm-hmm. having dinner with some friends very casually, but we were sitting around. I sat there with the group and I just read it start to finish the entire book. Wow. You know, for two, two and a half hours or whatever. Didn't like, I, you know, engaged as, uh, as little as possible because I was very enthralled by the, uh, the narrative and the, and the end message was fantastic. So I like that book. I'm reading a uh, piece of historical fiction right now recommended by a friend uh, called The Religion, uh, set in the 15 or yeah, the 1500s in uh, the Mediterranean. And it's very interesting and it's very uh, engaging. So it's a good one. But um, there's a local author, a local author, uh, John Valiant, and he wrote a book called Tiger, which is set in the late 90s. It's nonfiction. It's incredible. It's set in Siberia, Eastern Russia, about a tiger. And uh, I highly recommend it. I think I've read it two or three times. And I will read it two or three times more again in my life, I'm sure. Good recommendations. Last question up here, Dan. Something that you've purchased recently for $1,500 or less has had a positive impact on your life. I think my wife, when I did it, uh, would not approve of this. Uh, But now that uh, I've got my hooks into her, uh, I think she would like it. I bought a Nintendo Switch and we bought Mario Kart. Oh. I've got got two young sons and the four of us... uh, We'll play Mario Kart and it's some sort of a social, you know, situation where, you know, we race and we have fun and we all laugh at each other. And, uh, you know, our eldest son, uh, is becoming quite the champion. So between the three, the three, the two adults and him, we always have great races and the little guy, you know, he's still learning, but he has fun doing it. So it's a family thing. <laughs> so that our Nintendo Switch and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. The best purchase I've made in a while under fifteen hundred. Wow, that's good. We we got a Wii at home as well, and the kids absolutely love it. Minecraft is a big. They're kind of six and eight now, so Minecraft's kind of the big one. But I know they're they're crossing their fingers and they're being really good, hoping that Santa's going to bring them a PS Five this oh, year. Oh, really? So, how, so, how's, how's it looking for them? You know what? It's questionable depending on the day to day. According to my wife, this morning <laughs> Santa's not coming, so we're gonna we're gonna at find all. out. But but per, selfishly, I hope Santa does deliver. Yeah. Because I have I have purchased myself on Black Friday sales here at Best Buy PGA oh. Tour Golf for oh. for PS Five. So selfishly, oh, so I'm you hope, really I'm need that that console. I, I I need them to behave because otherwise I'm gonna otherwise I'm gonna open up a PS Five game that's useless. So so we'll see what yeah. happens, Dan. For all of our listeners, and thank you once again for your time. This was tremendous as always. How can our listeners find out more about what you're doing over there at Reliance? Yeah, I mean, we've got a, a fantastic website with a lot of our existing properties. It's uh, www.reliancepropertiesca. You know, my email address is is pretty accessible on that website, um, so you can you can find me there. You know, if uh, if you'd like to connect, LinkedIn is always great. My name's you know Dan Smith, and um, pretty easy to find, I hope. And uh, yeah, I mean, for people that are you know in the industry that I maybe haven't connected with yet, or you know, some of the your younger listeners that are thinking about getting into commercial real estate and want to meet for coffee. Uh, I've got all the time in the world for, for that. So I'd love to. So reach out 
you know, pick up the phone and call me or, uh, or send me a note by email. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, those, those are usually the two best to get me. You can catch me walking down water street, but, uh, <laughs> just, to match, just to match my pace. I do, uh, I do have places to go and I, uh, I don't waste time getting there. So. And I, w- I will say that how tall are you Dan? So I'm going to go six, three. Yeah, six. I'm going to say a little north of that. Okay, so 6'4". So not range. only do they have to keep your pace, but they have to keep up your pace with six foot four legs. So yeah, so it's yeah. going to so there, it's it's a light jog. It's a light jog. It's a it's a valet jog to the car. Is what they got to do if they want to. It's a valet jog to the car if they want to keep up with you. Well, Dan, thank you so much once again for joining us. This has been excellent as always. And as I said in the intro, one of the industry's just all round good guys. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. Take care. See you guys. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Dan Smith, Reliance Properties. Tremendous. Tremendous talk. I love talking to Dan. You're right. I love he that has guy. Good vibes. He's he's just a, he's an industry good guy. A good vibe guy. Good guy. I know, I know he was in the brokerage industry. He's now gone to work in-house, but he's got a standing opportunity at William Wright. If he ever decides he wants to change, <laughs> he's got a standing order. He can join William Wright any day. He's having wow. a guy. But the only thing I will say a job offer. A job offer. We've never it, had that. No, on, at, on well, the show. oh, I offered it to him at lunch one time too. <laughs> Um, the only problem I think if we had him work at William Wright commercial, you'd have to pay him too much. No, I just go hang in his office all the time and uh, just talk. And we probably wouldn't really get a lot of business done. Right. He's a good guy. Good sports guy. All that stuff. Uh, Melissa, what else is, what else is on the docket for people who want to buy and sell comm- residential real estate? Yeah. How can people get a hold of you? Yeah. You can call me 778-869-4477 or email me at Melissa at Vancouver real estate podcast.com. And for all those interested in commercial real estate, you can reach out to me anytime, Corey at WilliamWright.ca. Always love hearing from our listeners. You can visit our website, WilliamWright.ca and sign up for the latest and greatest. Or you can call our Vancouver office, 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for and we'll put you in touch with the best agents with the province. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Bye. Take care. Subscribe today. Subscribe today.